You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Hey, it's Mark Berg back with another exciting episode of Time to Revive. Of course, I'm going to say exciting because I say it every week. Because I truly am excited, though. As you can tell, I'm easily excitable. You guys that have been listening, you know that. But I'm always excited because God always has this surprise for us. He always gives me a special guest that we bring on the program and we share. And it's people that I've crossed paths with over my years as a Christian, and it's unique things. The guest that I have on board today is Pastor Jason O'Neill. And listen, we say he's from Chicago. He's from Chi-Town. I think, Jason, honestly, you live in northern Indiana, I think, right? Yeah, we live in northern Indiana, but we do a tremendous amount of ministry in South Side of Chicago. I was born in Gary, Indiana, so close enough. We minister in Chicago consistently. Yeah. Yes, yes, you do. And so that's why I feel safe to say, hey, man, he's from Chicago. And man, what a golden opportunity to have Jason O'Neill on the program today. Jason, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. And it's good to be back with you. It's been been a little bit. And and so I'm excited. I, I'm honored to be a part of this. I, this is my heart. So Yeah. And as the listeners know, because I talk about this almost constantly, Jay, here's the cool thing. We don't pre-plan this. I pray and God says, hey, reach out to so-and-so. And this is why I'm excited every week, because literally God said, hey, it's time to reach out to Jason O'Neill been a great friend. Jason has come a few times and joined us in Revival in Ohio, and we have had a tremendous time in the Lord, to say the least, Jay. Honestly, it's probably been a couple years, but I still have people that you touched on my own team that you blessed and touched, and they still share memories of that with me. There's still people that share photos and stuff on Facebook of times we had in Ohio running. Jason is the head of what he calls Link Ministries, L-I-N-C. And Jason, if you would, just tell the audience a little bit about what that stands for. Yeah, Link Ministries is short for Life and Covenant. And we've been trying to follow the leading of the Lord to teach people how to walk the covenant life out in every way. We do urban missions. We go into some of the hardest hit areas in the U.S., We've done a few things internationally. We did Dublin, Ireland. We did Jamaica. Uh, we've done, you know, was a part of a team with India and stuff. We've got invites to Pakistan, but mainly we believe that America shall be safe. And we believe that there is a great awakening that is already taking place and a revival that's already breaking out in the United States. So we go into uh, the South side of Chicago, the South side of Dallas. We've been in Ferguson, Missouri. We've been Kenosha, Wisconsin, after they burn it down. And, and we've been to Minneapolis, LA, Orlando. We you know did DC last year a couple of times. I mean, so God just bounces around the nation like a rubber ball. And, and uh, we do things like tent revivals. We put up tents. We had a tent on the South side of Chicago uh, last uh, year, last fall for 30 days. And uh, we was in a parking lot of a church. We did one in 2016 when the Cubs won the World Series. We did one of those for 21 days of tent revival. So it's really about going out on the streets, loving people 
and watching God move in miracle signs and wonders. He promised that he would miracle signs and wonders would follow them that believe, right? So, yeah. so that's what we believe. And so we're just following the path that God lays out in front of us. And we do it mainly in, uh, in the inner cities where some of the, some of the churches are kind of like, Oh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I want to go there. I don't know if right. I, I don't know if that, that's my spot. And, and, but wherever you think that that's probably our spot. So I, that's what we're doing. That's so good, Jay. And as uh, you listeners who've been tuning in or whatever, as you know, this is exactly why our hearts are linked. Okay, if you will, no pun yeah. intended, but yeah. Jason and I, because this is what we're living. Now, Jason, so I'm going to say right off the bat, man, you're called around the globe, literally, to go and share, and you're called to go and help lead evangelism teams and so forth. And because this particular series that we're diving into right now is called Lifestyle Evangelism. So you would say, obviously, Jason, that you do this as a lifestyle. But what happens to the listener, Jason, that sits back and go, oh, yeah, well, he's one of those guys. I'm not really called to travel the world. Does that disqualify me for evangelism, Jason? Not not at all, because... I have not really understood since I got saved in 94 why in the church we are compartmentalized or that Mm -hmm. we have departments. You know, the body of Christ should be activated. Each individual should be activated to do the work of the ministry wherever God places them. Some teach in universities. Some are, you know, stay-at-home moms. Uh, Some are homemakers. Some are retired and are at home retired. And, you know, the, the retirement age is the age where they're trying to figure out what's next and what to do. And, and so uh, you have business owners, you have men and women who are owners of small businesses, but you have uh, men and women who are owners of corporate 500 companies. And no matter where God places you or where you find yourself positioned, God wants to use you and has a calling on your life to be the salt and the light of the earth. So when you're in the boardroom, you should be listening to the Holy Spirit and you should be ministering as unto the Lord to whoever you're in contact with. The Bible says that we're living epistles read among men. And so that means that people are constantly reading us no matter where we're at or where we're at in seasons of life. So, you know, when we compartmentalize outreach, Right. or we have a outreach department, then the whole church starts to get this mindset of like, well, the ones who are of sanguine personality, outgoing personalities, those are the people that God's going to use in evangelism or the people who really uh, are boisterous or whatever. They're the ones that are going to be inside of that department. And and we've got to, we've got to tear those mindsets down because really that I I don't believe they're biblical. I, I, I believe that we are all activated. We all have the Holy Spirit. So we should all be activated to do the work of the ministry uh, wherever we're at. So don't feel like just because you're in your you know late 60s and you're retired and man your career is is done that that God doesn't have uh wants to use you that God doesn't want to use you where you're at because he does. He does. You have a calling still. You have a you have an anointing. So 
that's that's how I see it. That's that's what I believe. I love that, Jason. And you know, the Holy Spirit just reminded me if I throw out a name of one of the original chosen, right? The original chosen 12. I throw out a name and I say, it's Thomas. What does everybody know Thomas as in the Bible? Doubting Thomas, right? Okay. And so here's the amazing piece. That's really all we know about him from scripture, but yet he was one of the original 12 chosen disciples. Like, Jay, how do we know that he wasn't an out front evangelist. You see what I'm saying? Like we don't know anything about his life. We just assume, (laughs) but God chose him. And just going off of what you just said, Jay, for somebody today listening, like you need to hear this, that what do you know about Thomas? What do you know about the other Judas? You know what I'm saying? It's like, come (laughs) on, man. They they were part of the original 12, but yet they were in fact disciples because Jesus said so. That's the thing, man. Don't judge based upon that or don't get compartmentalized out of your calling. Mark, you know this. Being around you, I know you're deep and well-versed in in scripture. And I love that about you. So, but the listener that's that's listening, you know, you're right. We don't know a whole lot about Thomas. I have a little different perspective on Thomas, and I believe that the Lord gave it to me. Uh, I've been around in my life a lot of type A personalities. And, you know, people who like structure, they like, you know, they, they want to know the ins and the outs of it. They're going to read the manual of the, uh, of the TV when they get it, you know, because they want right. to know how the TV works. I really feel like Thomas's personality and who Thomas was, I do believe that he was kind of like a type A personality. He wanted to know. He wanted to he wanted to have the proof. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And, right. and so here he is. He's, he's asking to validate, are you really him? Because if he's going to put his name beside something, if he's going to lay his life down from here on out for the risen Lord, Amen. he wants to verify and know for a fact that this really is Jesus. It, it, Peter Hush. Hush, Peter. Yeah, I don't right. hold, hold on a minute. You know, like Peter was the outspoken one. So, right. So Thomas is like, no, no, no. Unless I see, show us the father. And then that's when Jesus says, you know, I've been with you this long. Do you, do you not know me? So yeah, we beat him up, but you're right. We don't know a whole lot about his life. And I do believe he was one of those uh, factual guys. He, he wanted to, to know, he wanted to have the, the validation. So the listener that's sitting there and, you know, you feel like, man, I, are there really signs? Are there really wonders? Are there really miracles happening? Those are the people sometimes that want the, the validation. And so, yeah, get out, get out, get out yeah. in, the, in the marketplace and watch God bring miracles, signs, and wonders to you. And ask God to validate it. He'll validate it. He doesn't have a problem with that. He so will, brother. And you know what's funny, Jason? Even though we talked a little bit, and we talk about this a lot almost every week on the program, you and I didn't preconceive or plan any of this discussion. There were no scriptures thrown out. Say you have to follow this text. And here, all of a sudden, we're going down the path of Thomas. What in the world, Jay? Why are we going down the path of Thomas? (laughs) Somebody needed to hear it today, right? The Holy Spirit said, hey, you know what? We need to talk about this. Just recently, I learned this. I heard this teaching super recently about Thomas myself. 
And you notice when he said, Jesus, but I want to see the scars. Like, I'm not really sure unless I can put my finger in the nail holes, right? Like, unless I do that. And so here's the piece that I don't think we think about. What was Jesus's reaction to this? Oh, he didn't rebuke Thomas. He didn't scold him. He didn't say, you know, you're silly. What was his response? Jesus' response was, let me show you my scars. Yeah. Let me show you my scars, man. Absolutely. And you know what, man? I like what you said, Jason. It's like, hey, man, I got to hand it to Thomas. He was honest. I got doubt. You know Mm -hmm. what? I need some proof. Mm -hmm. And how many of us spiritual giants... Come on, Jason. How many of us spiritual giants wouldn't ask that question? Because we're too prideful. Honestly, we're Mm. too spiritually prideful. Right. Here's Thomas. He's like, look, dude, I got doubt in my heart. And he spelled it out. And Jesus didn't turn around and rebuke him like he did Peter. You know, he said, (laughs) Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't say that to Thomas because he doubted. He said, come, come, let me show you my scars. That's awesome, man. Uh, I tell you what, the Holy Spirit uh, sort of led to me. Uh, The listeners, you guys have heard me say this uh, most weeks, and I say, we just pray and ask God who to have on, but then also, really, we're asking the Holy Spirit to drop something in our hearts about what to talk about, and it was real cool today, because I said, without talking to Jason in advance, I'm like, well, the Lord laid upon my heart, Acts chapter 17. Jason, I don't know what that means to you because I got nothing else today. And as soon as I said it, he started laughing just like he's doing now. Like, oh, okay, let's talk about Acts 17. But I will say this, the only comment that Jason began to make is, okay, well, let's understand Acts 16, and then we'll move into Acts 17. And I'm like, that's perfect. Jason, I felt like today... We just need to go, hey, well, let's unpack this thing, right? Because the book of Acts, yeah. Jason, you are out on the streets in multiple cities, multiple countries. You run into people everywhere, Jason. And I'm sure it's no different when you run into Christians, people that already believe, and all of a sudden they have an idea. They have a set of beliefs. They have uh, some teaching, some environment that they were raised up in, and I'm sure they share them with you. But when you talk about the book of Acts, Jason, I wonder how many Christians, if you said, oh, man, isn't Acts chapter 16 and Acts chapter 17, isn't that so good? And Jason, we laugh. But I'm like, I don't know how many Christians would be able to do that. And I'm not saying it in a bragging manner. But what I am saying is it's worth unpacking. So let me hush up, Jason, and turn this over to you. And share what you were beginning to talk about before we hit the record button today. For anybody that's listening right now, the word of God is the main thing. It's the key thing to life. Get in the word and study the word, but also let the stories come alive. That was one of the first things when I first got radically saved, Mark. I got saved from a drug addiction in 1994. I walked into an old country Pentecostal church, man, and got hit with the power of the Holy Ghost. And Everything shifted, man, like I was delivered, like flat out delivered. And so from that point on, God put people in my life that, that just made scripture a priority and a necessity. You know, like 
scripture is essential. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> like, there you go. Acts, Acts chapter 16, you know, well, you brought up 17 and, and actually Jason is in 17, which is, is kind of funny. It's where they drag him out of the house. They go to his house, bang, right. you know, break into his house, drag him out of the house, you know, and historians say that he's one of the 72 in Luke chapter 10, where Jesus sends them out without a money bag and without a purse and not an extra pair of shoes and says, go into the city that I'm going to, I'm going to go into and prepare a place and, you know, meet the person of peace. When you get there, bring peace, all of that. So Jason's in that mix. So in Acts chapter 17, we see this, uh, uh, this story, it actually took place. And that's what I love about the Bible is the Bible is not just a novel. It's not a novel. It is a, it is a book that is alive because it, it shows us the history uh, of where we're at. And, and it speaks to us today. So Acts chapter 17, they're dragging him out of the house. But what I shared with Mark was Acts chapter 16 is really where Link Ministries and our team as a whole, it's what we have been honing in on of living life in the spirit. And so living the covenant life. And what does that look like? You know, it says, don't walk after the lust of the flesh, but walk after the spirit and you should fulfill the will of God. And so what does that look like in a practical way? You know, I've been in ministry long enough to know that, hey, there's a lot of things that we throw out and we talk about in church, but man, I want the practicality of it. I want to know how does this really work? So the Lord started dealing with me probably 10 now, 10, 15 years ago and, and showing me what it means to listen to the Holy Spirit and to just do what God says, go everywhere he goes. If he says, turn right, turn right, turn left, turn left. So in Acts chapter 16, God at one point brought me to this where, you know, many of you that are listening know that that's the Macedonian call. Most Bibles have it listed as the Macedonian call. So I'm just, it's okay, Mark. I'm going to read just a little bit yeah, of it. Yeah, it, do that's it. That's all right. Brother. Yep. It says, now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to my Asia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. (laughs) So the Spirit literally stopped them in their tracks, right? And so then it goes on in verse 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to the Macedonian people. This right here is a glimpse of of just what we have intentionally, as a ministry, been going after really hard. We went to Dublin, Ireland in 2017 and i'd never been there before i'm an o'neill so it's very simple for me to get excited about ireland (laughs) Uh, but the mission was drop into dublin ireland and wait for further instructions we had a beginning date and an end date of 14 days two weeks but other than that we knew nothing else and so we literally took a team of three we flew into the dublin airport we landed got through customs 
and waited and prayed, stood right there with everybody around us and all these people going through and everything else. And, and we prayed. And one of our team members said, okay, I feel like we're supposed to get to the center of the city. Mm. So I look over to my right and there was an information booth. So we walk over to this information booth and I asked the guy, I said, Hey, uh, do you know how to get to the center of the city? And so he reaches, he pulls a map out and he, he points at the center of the map. And he said, you mean city center? <laughs> he huh. said, see this spire? He said, right here where this spire is at, it's way tall in the air. He said, uh, that's called city center. And he said, right outside of these doors, I'll give you, uh, you could buy a ticket for me right outside of these doors. You can get on the bus and it'll take you down to city center. And so we started laughing and, you know, uh, you know, and so we got on the bus, bought the ticket, got on the bus, went down. We got to the spire. The bus dropped us off. We get to the spire. And as we're standing there, we're like, all right, Lord, where next? You know, where are we supposed to go to next? There's all these people we can pray with. But I started to hear a street preacher in my ear preaching the gospel. And so we looked around and we're trying to find it. And we walked over and met the guy and his name was Paul. And the rest of Ireland is history. I mean, it just every single day we prayed and asked the Lord where to go. So that was one of the one of the first real solid you know, missions. We'd done things before like that. We'd done little things. But internationally, man, it's a whole different ballgame, you know, when you're in another in another city. But following the leading of the Holy Spirit is extremely important and what we have learned as a ministry like the deeper we go into places uh where there may be some danger mark where there may be some danger you know the city of chicago has considerable amount of murders every weekend homicides every weekend and shootings right. every weekend and i get asked on a consistent basis aren't you ever scared Aren't you ever afraid right. to go into those places and to set up tent and to be there? What I tell them is, I'm not. I'm not. And we don't walk in fear because we have already heard from the Lord where to go. And we're, we're practicing it. We're developing it. And we're trying to see it come to life. And we are seeing it come to life. But when you hear from the Lord where to go, and what to do or who to speak to, there's a, a level where the fear or the intimidation really begins to drop off because now it's not you trying to go and you're trying to stir something up, but you have you already know you've heard from the Lord. Yeah. And so now when you've heard from the Lord, you have the confidence. So let's put that in a practical standpoint. You're in up in the morning, you're going through your morning routine, you've had your shower, you got your you got dressed for work, you're making your coffee, man. You got a routine every morning that you do. And and so you break out your Bible at the breakfast table before you head out to work, you're drinking your coffee and you're in the word, and you ask the Lord, God, what is it you want to show me today? Or what is it you want? How do you want to lead me today? Right? Yes. And a coworker comes to your mind. And so all of a sudden you start praying for that coworker and, and maybe you and that coworker haven't been seeing eye to eye. Maybe all of the stuff that's happened since 2020, you guys have had conversations. Come on, somebody right, right, yep. <laughs> that haven't been so friendly. Right. But God lays that person on your heart 
and you start to ask the Lord what it is that he's trying to tell you. And you're driving to work, praying and asking, God, what is it you have for Tom today? You know, what is it? What is it? I mean, man, we haven't been getting along really well. And God, right. what are you trying to show me? And and every time I try to talk to Tom about anything, we get into this, you know, little bit of a scuffle. And so, Father, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead my mouth and, and, and think through my mind and speak through my mouth. No different, Mark, than a preacher would when he's in worship, waiting to go on the platform to preach a message. Right. It's the same thing. Come on, brother. It's not different. Yep. It's exactly the same. And so you get to work, you get to your desk, you unpack your stuff, and all of a sudden there's Tom. And then now you just be loving and speak what you feel like the Lord is asking you to speak. That's right. And it's the adventure. It's the great adventure. So I believe that, you know, God wants, he, he's desperate to lead us on these journeys and on these great adventures in our life where we have these experiences like they did in the book of Acts. See, these guys were just normal guys, man. Right on. Yeah. Anointed, but yep. they were normal. We lift them up to be these, you know, amazing men and women in the book of Acts, but I can't wait till we get to heaven to really meet some of them. Right, exactly. They're going to say just like, ah, see, that's why we talked about Thomas. They're going to say, hey, we were nervous. <laughs> you know, yeah. Paul says, I came to you not with the eloquency and the wisdom of men, but I came to you in fear and in trembling. Yeah. Okay. Come on now. Yeah, come on. But in the demonstration and power of God. Yeah. You know, that's that he, he unpacks that really well in, in Corinthians. So, guys, listen, it's it's I want to be led by the spirit. I really do. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I want anybody who comes with us or anybody we talk to. I want to spend the rest of my life teaching people what it looks like to feel like you want to go to Asia. But all of mm. a sudden, the Holy Spirit stops you in your tracks. And then you have a vision of a Macedonian man. And I'll stop here. But if you read the story of St. Patrick in Ireland, we walked some of our journey over there was walking the path of St. Patrick through Northern Ireland, going through from Dublin up to Northern Ireland. Huh. If you read his story, he was brought to Ireland as a captive, as a slave. And then wow. uh, God freed him as a teenage boy. He, he goes back home and he thinks, hey, that's it. I'm freed. I, I'm good. But he keeps, you know, he's praying and he's, he's asking the Lord. He's believing God for, you know, his life and, and for the journey. And all of a sudden he has a vision of somebody from Ireland. He literally has this vision that's begging him, just like the Macedonian man is, did to Paul. He's begging him to come back to Ireland. So Patrick goes back to Ireland. Because he saw a vision, even to the place where he was in slavery in, wow. in the beginning, and a revival breaks out on the continent of Ireland, where the gospel of God, the good news of, of Christ is preached, yes. and the enemy is overthrown. And Mark, it was with miracles, signs, and wonders, and I never knew that. Wow. I never knew that. 
I, I, I had not studied that. I knew that, you know, I knew only thing I knew about St. Patrick was the, the pictures I saw in the Catholic church and then the green beer and the green, the green river in Chicago. That's it, man. Like, Amen. Amen. I ever knew. So, Jason, I, I tell you, this is very, very common. It happens almost every single week. You know, I love it since we expanded our time with testimony and all that. And in a blink, in a twinkling of an eye, it's over. But <laughs> I'm going to ask you if yeah. you would please keep your ears on, man. In other words, yeah. we got more follow. We never even got to 17. But just for your reference, <laughs> listeners, Jason was reading out of Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 10. And we encourage you to get in there and pray, ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that. And I know, Jason, as you were sharing that last part about St. Patrick, there's people that go, yeah, but that could never happen to me. I guarantee you that Patrick <laughs> thought the same thing. That could never yeah, happen did. to me, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> yes, the whole deal is... It's living evangelism as a lifestyle in simple obedience. What I want you to take from this whole entire lesson today, it's simple obedience to God through his Holy Spirit. When his Holy Spirit gives you an unction, gives you a little bit of insight, go with it and ask him. I tell you, Jason, I do this all the time. Lord, is that you? When yeah. I think or I'm getting something that seems a little bit weird, let's be honest. I go, Lord, is that you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. he will answer you. He will guide you because that's what he's trying to get you to do is think outside the box, not for your own good, but for the right. good of somebody right. else. Jason, yep. why did you have to go to Ireland to prove you're a Christian? No, but for other people. You were called mm -hmm. to go there to be a blessing to other people. Folks, thanks for tuning Amen. in. Stay tuned because you know I'm going to have Jason back on, God willing, uh, because we've got a lot <laughs> more to unpack. You have been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Rise FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at risefmohio.com. The Rise FM Podcast Network.